Since 1955, the College Board's Advanced Placement Program has been delivering excellence in education to millions of students worldwide through over 18,000 AP programs. And in each of those AP programs, an important role, really important. And it's there we find the AP Coordinator. So what makes a good AP coordinator? Well, I believe, I believe the best AP coordinators are dedicated, motivated, and well, coordinated. I'm your host, Derek Kometa. Thanks for joining us for a series of interviews with experienced and incredibly talented AP coordinators. This school year, more than just about any in recent history, presents some unique and unprecedented times for schools and AP programs. Perhaps, perhaps there is no better time to share our collective voices and perspectives. Today on Coordinated. Uh, teaching has truly been my passion for most of the last two decades. Um, I get a ton of energy from kids every time I get into a room and, and have the opportunity to work with them. So um, I will be teaching until someone tells me to stop. Period one. Dedicated. It's a strange new year in the world of education. And just outside of Chicago, Illinois, on the campus of Riverside Brookfield High School, home of the Bulldogs, we find Mr. Mark Helgeson. His new classroom is sparkling, smelling of cleaning products, and sits empty, except for him. In the moments of quiet, one can almost hear the laughter of students who will one day return. Mark is the definition of jack of all trades, but unlike the saying, he is a true master of many. In no particular order, he is a husband, father of two children, remote learning at home, Chicago Cubs fan, an English teacher, testing coordinator, and new co-host of the AP Coordinator webinar series all at the same time. And did I mention he is a guitar player and singer in a self-proclaimed melodic punk rock band? <laughs> what is that? Mark Elgison, welcome to Coordinated. Thank you so much for having me here, Derek. Mark, we, we clearly have a lot to talk about today, so let's, <laughs> let's start with this. You are a Chicago Cubs fan. <laughs> yes, yes, I am a Chicago Cubs fan. I was uh, born with that curse, and uh, it has stuck with me my entire life. It's going well lately, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes in the next 40, 41 years or so. But yeah, lifelong Chicago Cubs fan. So would I safely assume that you were born and raised in the Chicago area? <laughs> At the uh, expense of reigniting a long-running debate with my college friends, I'm going to say yes but they would respectfully disagree with me and say no. I was born and raised in Bourbon A, Illinois. It's just about an hour south of Chicago. Um, and if there's cornfields, I've been told this, if there's cornfields between you and the city, then you're not from the suburbs. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's the summer home of the Chicago Bears. I don't know if that counts, but you know, we'll, we'll take it. Well, Mark, how did you decide on a career in education? 
I don't know that there was ever a, a specific moment where I decided to become an educator. Let's just say it was a long and winding road, which involved uh, journalism in high school, uh, a little bit of an attempt to become a rock star through college, uh, maybe a brief stint doing IT for the United States Postal Service, and then eventually a return to college where I decided uh, teaching was going to be my thing. But I'm glad I did because... Uh, teaching has truly been my passion for most of the last two decades. Um, I get a ton of energy from kids every time I get into a room and, and have the opportunity to work with them. So um, I will be teaching until someone tells me to stop. And your your journey to Riverside Brookfield High School, your, your current school, was, uh, let's see, how can I delicately say this? Uh, your journey was a wonderful experience learning from many different leadership styles along the way. <laughs> That is, uh, that's one way to say that. It's probably <laughs> accurate there. Yeah, that's one way to say that. Uh, like I, I had, um, in my first 10 years in education, I, I did not work for RB, um, but I, I did have nine or 10 principals during my first 10 years in education. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, as it was, you know, it was a lot of turnover, but I was also very fortunate to work with a bunch of great people and work under some great administrators during that time too. Um, and I will, I'll never forget some of the life lessons that some of them taught to me, especially my very first principal was great. Um, and he gave me some advice that I've taken with me the rest of my life, which was um, never complain about something without offering a solution. Um, and I will, I will always uh, kind of keep that in mind with pretty much everything I do. So yeah, I, I learned from a lot of people, but I've also learned a lot of good lessons from those people too. Excellent. And how long have you been at Riverside Brookfield now? This is my sixth year here. How did you become the AP coordinator there? <laughs> like most people uh, in education, I work for one district for 10 years and then take a pay cut to go move to a second district, <laughs> right? That, that's, that that doesn't quite sound like the normal <laughs> career path. I, I might be wrong, but it doesn't sound like quite the normal career path. No, it's probably not. But uh, I took a pay cut to come work at RB, and I'm glad I did. I love working at RB. Um, and after my first year, the uh, testing positions opened up um, for, for two people, and I was pretty much voluntold and told that I should probably consider applying to that. So that was five years ago. I've either been the assistant or the head testing director ever since then. And uh, like I said, I love RB. I love working here. So tell us about the start of school at Riverside Brookfield this year, um, specifically the somewhat crazy days leading up to the first day of instruction. Yeah, you know, for us, just like many other schools across the country, it has been super challenging, Derek. We've gone from all of our kids coming back to the building to only half of our kids coming back to the building then to none of the kids coming back to the building. So now we are fully remote, at least for the time being. It's been interesting around here. Um, but um, interesting times uh, offer interesting opportunities. So like with my journalism program, uh, my editorial staff, we've been doing some interesting things like meeting on the front lawn every once in a while for our editorial staff meetings. My kids in the Clarion newspaper program here are great and they are flexible and they are committed. And they said they wanted to do in-person editorial staff meetings once every few weeks. So I said, sure, bring a chair, bring a mask. Let's go sit out on the front lawn and, and talk about all the issues we need to work our way through. And, and they have been committed to doing that. So it's, uh, it's been interesting, but it's been great. My kids are great. So since your entire school is going fully remote right now, what have you been hearing from your AP teachers and your AP students about the new AP Daily uh, video resources? Uh, you know, honestly, the, the teachers love them, honestly. The teachers think they're great. Um, they're really... Um, happy with you know, having short on-demand videos to kind of supplement their normal curriculum. 
Um, you know, it, it allows for our teachers to have a little bit more focused class time and discussion. So, uh, you know, I think that they're great. And, and we even, and I'm going to do a plug for our AP teachers here. All of our AP teachers are great. They are really good at what they do. But we are very proud to have one of our AP teachers, uh, Miss Sandy Chaika, our AP Computer Science A um, teacher, be hosting one of the AP Daily videos here in, um, you know, here soon. So we're just really proud of all of our teachers and students for, for committing to work. Even though we have a little bit less instructional time this year, I think they're working really hard to get ready for their tests. Mark, I want to switch subjects here because my next question, uh, it has nothing to do with teaching or being an AP coordinator, but I have to ask because we are all so curious about your other career as a, I'm using air quotes here, Mark, rock star. <laughs> <laughs> What's your band's name? Uh, I think, well, before I say the name, I think the, myself and the, the fellas in the band would um, quibble with the word, and I'm using air quotes here, career as <laughs> rock stars here. Um, but we, uh, we are called The Lack. It took a very long time to settle on that name, but eventually we decided we were going to call ourselves The Lack. And in The Lack, you play guitar and you sing. I, I play guitar poorly and I sing even worse. Uh, <laughs> I'm a mean rhythm guitar player, Derek. Um, but no, I, I am uh, very easily the worst musician in my band. And, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very lucky to, to play with, uh, three other guys who are so great at what they do. And we just enjoy each other's company and have a lot, a lot of fun while we get to play, uh, when we get to play. And you described your music genre as melodic punk, uh, is that actually a thing <laughs> or, did you, or did you make that up? I, I promise I did not make that up. Uh, we like a good tune. We like to scream or yell every once in a while. And we like uh, to play fast all the time. So uh, no, melodic punk is, a, is not a thing I made up and it will never die. It's here to stay, Derek. All right, everyone. When he's not jamming at concerts with his band, The Lack, Mark excels in his role as AP coordinator. I'm not sure how many of those skills and talents cross over, but we'll find out more in just a minute. But now a quick break to hear from two of the most well-known AP coordinators in the world. Hello, fellow AP coordinators. I'm Carrie Larison. And I'm Carrie Franz. We moderate the AP coordinator community a free online platform connecting over 6,000 AP coordinators from around the world. On the community, AP coordinators ask questions, share information and resources, and professionally connect. We coordinators, well, we control how little or how much we use the community. We can receive updates daily, weekly, or as they happen. Or we can see what's being shared each time we sign in. On the community, the discussion board is the hub of communication. It is here that coordinators post questions, share best practices, and gain valuable information to best support RAP programs. Finally, the community is a spot to share and download successfully used resources by our fellow coordinators. Why reinvent the wheel when these valuable tools are right at our fingertips? So how do we access this community? It's simple. Go to apcommunity.collegeboard.org to get started and request your free membership. Again, that's apcommunity.collegeboard.org. This year, more than ever, we think it's important to be part of the AP coordinator community, and together we'll figure out how to best support AP programs at our schools. Thanks, everyone. We look forward to coordinating with you. 
Period 2. Motivated. Mark, what are you responsible for as the testing coordinator? Is it acceptable to say everything, Derek? <laughs> everything counts, yes. Everything. Um, I am responsible for pretty much if, if it is a national standardized test, I am responsible for it. So the state of Illinois, we are a school day SAT state as well as a school day PSAT 10 and PSAT 89 state. So I'm responsible for all of those. And when I say I, you know, I, I, I do mean myself, my uh, assistant testing director, Zach Lomach, and Miss Beth Augustine, our um, director of student services. We all work as a team together to take care of all of these things. But, um, you know, pretty much anything, uh, you know, in the SAT, PSAT range, if we do a NAEP test, uh, you know, if we ever get selected for one of those, we are responsible for those. Um, obviously, advanced placement exams are kind of our Super Bowl at the end of every year. So that's a big thing that we prepare for. But yeah, pretty much anything national and standardized um, is what we are responsible for. So how do you juggle your AP coordinator role and teaching English at the same time? Uh, it is not always easy, and I certainly could not do it at all um, without the help of both our AP teachers and my wonderful colleagues in the English department. Um, they, you know, all of those people combined uh, help to make my life relatively easy. Our AP teachers work really hard to get our kids registered and prepared every year. And for me, it's really just a matter of organizing and, you know, uh, administering the exams. Um, but also, I will say that the English department is really, really good in terms of pitching in wherever help is needed. Like if we have to do any pre-bubbling or pre-administration work on any of our testing, I can always rely on them to, to pitch in and lend a helping hand. So I, I truly couldn't do it without the help of, you know, all of those folks supporting our testing program. So Mark, I was joking a little earlier about any of your musical skills and talents crossing over to help you as an AP coordinator. What skills do help you? That is a good question. And, you know, I think a very simple but very obvious one, uh, collaboration, you know, working in tune, uh, on time, together, you know, that that describes music, but I, you know, I don't know that that's really any different when you talk about organizing a testing program. Um, I love personally working on a team, um, even curriculum teams that I'm fortunate to work with for my English classes, but working together with testing, working together to create music, working together to create curriculum, you know, collaboration is the thing that always uh, kind of gets my intellectual juices flowing and gets me going and, and, and really is what helps support me as I work through all of the different things I have to do every day. And how did you actually learn what to do as an AP coordinator? <laughs> uh, it was not easy. Uh, and I certainly felt like when, when I first got the, the role of AP coordinator along with my uh, assistant testing director at the time, um, we were kind of flying blind for our first few months. But for us, and, and I, I mean this sincerely, we didn't really know what we were supposed to do until about October and November when we went to go to our first AP coordinator workshop. And that was like a light switch turning on. It gave me a list of tasks that I knew I needed to, to, to tackle throughout the course of the year. But um, pretty much since then, you know, it was just tackling those tasks. But I cannot stress enough how helpful uh, a woman named Linda Gorman, she had been uh, the AP coordinator and testing director here at RB for 16 years. Um, a few years before I was here, and she was fantastic, amazing. She served as our lead AP proctor every year, and I pretty much just rode her coattails those first couple of years. Whatever she told me to do, I would diligently do and uh, learn from her as much as I possibly could. She has been uh, such a great resource for learning how to be a good AP coordinator. And when you took over as AP coordinator, 
What's one thing you uh, unfortunately had to learn the hard way? So the exam decision indicator I chose during my first opportunity to use AP registration and ordering to use that setting, and I will never use it again. I will be a default exam decision indicator person for the rest of my life. So uh, the, the first time you used the advanced setting, is that correct? That is true, yep. And uh, I was doing a lot of extra work. Let's just say I got more steps in that year than any year in my teaching career ever, tracking and chasing <laughs> kids to switch them from undecided to yes, because uh, most of our kids here end up taking the exam. Um, and I just had a lot of kids coming in as undecided and took a lot of training and work to get them to remember, please, please click on that thing that says you want to take that exam. So I, I'm never doing that again. I will be default till the, till the day I'm done doing testing. So the the advanced decision indicator resulted in uh, an increase in your physical conditioning, but a decrease in your uh, mental stability. I, I looked great that year, but I felt <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, speaking of that, as an AP coordinator, you were one of the few who actually piloted AP registration and ordering two years ago. Yeah. And how has the entire experience been for you personally with ordering AP exams in the fall? On a personal level, I absolutely love it. So it really, um, as a full-time teacher, having the ability to order exams in the fall has really opened up the rest of my year. Instead of cramming uh, most of my testing responsibilities, including the state mandated um, you know, tests towards the end of the year with AP testing and AP ordering, instead of putting that all in that kind of March to May window, you know, I take a big chunk of that and move it to early August, and I've got most of the rest of my year to prep for everything else. So for me personally, I love um, you know, ordering my exams in the fall. And how has fall ordering been for your AP students and AP teachers? It's been great. I've heard nothing but you know, wonderful things from our teachers and students. Uh, our teachers really like that our students are committing right at the beginning of the school year towards uh, earning that potential college credit. Um, and I would say also that especially this year, since we are remote and the, our teachers are taking more advantage of AP Classroom to kind of provide um, extra opportunities and more practice for our students. So um, I would say th this year, especially more than in previous years, um, registering in the fall has been uh, a really, really, really great thing for all of our teachers and students. And Mark, your experience in that AP registration and ordering pilot, uh, it's led to a few opportunities for you with the College Board. Uh, yeah, I have, I've been very fortunate to the last couple summers have had the opportunity to uh, host AP coordinator workshops. And I'm just, I consider myself very lucky to be able to meet with and talk with all these great AP coordinators from, quite frankly, all over the world. I even had the opportunity to host some international workshops uh, last year at um, the AP annual conference. But you know, I learn from from coordinators everywhere. It's a great place for all of us to engage and, and talk about whatever the topic is that year for AP coordinators. And I learn from veteran coordinators. We help provide a really strong foundation for new coordinators at the workshop, both the, the consultants who are hosting the workshops and those veteran coordinators who attend each year, who we appreciate so much. Um, I think it's just, it's been fantastic. And I have really cherished my time um, hosting workshops. And you know, I have to ask this. How about your new role as the co-host of the AP Coordinator webinar series? How is that going so far? 
it has uh, gone great so far. I'm truly enjoying working with uh, my co-host, Carrie Larison from the AP Coordinator Community, your former co-host there, Derek. Uh, you know how great she is and, and how amazing she is. She, If there's one or two people I could point out that know more than anything about coordinating, uh, it would be Carrie Larison and Carrie Franz from the Coordinator Community. But I'm just very fortunate to work with Carrie uh, and to, to, to share our knowledge with um, coordinators all around the world. It's been fantastic. Well, Mark, you know, I, I personally miss doing those webinars so much. But you and Carrie, you are truly taking them to uh, a whole new level. They are really, really great. Mark, can you hang out with us for a few more minutes? Sure. Awesome. Well, everyone, as you might have guessed, Mark is a true professional when it comes to all things AP coordinator. And right now we have a pro tip coming right up from one of our coordinator colleagues. And then we'll be right back with Mark to talk more about being coordinated in the fall of 2020. Hi, I'm Casey Wexler, AP Coordinator in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. As most of you are already well aware, the College Board has waived all unused and canceled exam fees for the 2020-2021 school year. This has made a huge difference for my AP students and families, some of whom have been impacted by the economic changes brought about by COVID. It's also made my job as an AP coordinator and counselor much easier. This year, the game plan was clear to me. I used the default setting when I set up AP registration and ordering so that all my students would be indicated as yes, they wanted to take the exam. As soon as I had my students enrolled in their class sections, I ordered AP exams for all of them. And I submitted my order way before the November ordering deadline. I wanted to get that order in as soon as possible to get it off my plate. As I said, I'm a counselor too, so not collecting fees in the fall, that helps to balance my workload. I'm choosing to wait until a little later in the school year to reconcile my AP exam order and cancel any student who opts out. At that point, not now, I'll collect exam fees. The extra time works well for me, and honestly, it works well for some of my families too. They appreciate the extra time. So my pro tip, order now. Order for everyone. Make sure you don't risk incurring any late order fees. Then. Reconcile your exam order later. When you decide to collect exam fees is, of course, a school-level decision. Thanks for your time, everyone. Stay safe. Period 3. Coordinated. Mark, let's get to some topics that are on the minds of our fellow AP coordinators right now. Absolutely. Let's do it. You mentioned earlier that you chose the default setting for your exam decision indicator, um, meaning that when students enroll in their class sections, their exam status is automatically set to yes in AP registration and ordering. Does your school require the AP exam for all of the students who are enrolled in an AP course? No, we do not require our students to sit for an AP exam, although generally speaking, most kids do. Um, so I chose the default setting because this year, I, I just want to make sure I avoid any late order fees for any of my kids. Um, I don't want them coming in as undecided and then having to do a bunch of tracking and chasing. So I just want them to come in as yes, and then I can work to, to manage uh, you know, all of the, you know, whether or not they cancel or if they go unused, I can figure that all out later. Okay, so in a typical year, about what percentage of students enrolled in an AP course take the corresponding AP exam? 
Off the top of my head, my um, best estimate is probably roughly around 95% each year um, sit for the exam. Uh, it's a huge number. You know, our kids, it's not required, but it is expected that you sit for the exam. You know, you're working hard all year with your teacher. So generally speaking, the overwhelming majority of our kids end up sitting for that exam. Like even last year um, with the online exam, I think close to 91 or 92% of our kids still ended up successfully, um, you know, taking and submitting their exam. So you defaulted all students to yes for their exam, but you will have some students, a, a very small percentage, choose not to take the exam. Yeah, we, we do not have um, uh, like a drop deadline from you know, a course perspective, not just AP, just in general, a course perspective. So kids can drop throughout the course of the year pretty much whenever they want. So um, you know, if anything happens, and I think especially this year too, I think we're going to probably be more flexible um, this year with kids in all kinds of different situations. But yeah, um, a small percentage of our kids will not end up sitting for the exam. Great. So you are ordering AP exams for everyone. And then later on, you're going to ask students to say for sure if they are taking the AP exam or not. So what's your internal date for that? Our internal date for that, is, I'm just going to default that to the spring course orders and fall orders changes deadline on March 12th. Um, so that is kind of my, my final date where I say you're either in or out. Um, to be honest, though, like I don't, I will not check in with every single kid. If they're set as a yes in the system, I'm just going to keep them as a yes in the system. Um, as the, the, for, the, for me, the biggest concern is like going back and checking with those kids who might have dropped a class, you know, who might have um, reached out and said specifically, I am not taking this test. So I need to confirm with each one of them or a family member or a counselor um, that this is in, indeed the kid's plan. But once we get to that March 12th um, deadline, then... I'm going to just leave everybody in the system as they are, and we'll prepare for testing as though they're all testing. And why are you waiting until then? Is there a specific reason you're waiting all the way until March 12th? Yeah. So this year, especially, I want kids to feel confident in their new learning environments. We, we know and understand uh, at our school and for a lot of schools in our area that we could be bouncing back and forth between remote learning scenarios, hybrid scenarios. You know, if we are lucky enough, uh, if something changes, you know, maybe a full scenario. Um, so you know, I want kids to feel comfortable in their learning environment. Um, but also I want to give myself plenty of time to chase down, uh, you know, exam decisions. You know, if some, some kid did change their mind, I need time to change them, ch chase them down because it's really hard um, in this remote learning environment to track and chase kids. It's not a matter of walking up to a classroom anymore. It's a matter of reaching out through Zooms and phone calls to do, to do a lot of work to track and chase kids. And so did you submit your initial exam order yet? Uh, yes, I did. My initial exam order was submitted on October 2nd. That was the preferred ordering deadline. Although uh, if anybody happens to be listening from any of the workshops I've hosted over the summer, uh, I productively lie to my staff and my students <laughs> here. And the staff knows. Productively lie. Know. Is that what you said, yep. Mark? Okay. Productively lie. Can you, uh, can you I, explain? I, I always tell them about a week earlier. So September 25th is what everybody else thought it was, but October 2nd is my, it was my deadline, I should say, and that's when we submitted our initial order. Mark, you, uh, you definitely have a very well-thought-out plan that works for exam ordering, uh, but I know even with a good plan, you are a super busy guy. As I said at the start of today, uh, you are a jack-of-all-trades and master of many. I, I really appreciate you making the time for us. And thank you so much for all you do for the AP program. Uh, the students at Riverside Brookfield, I think they are fortunate to have you.
Well, thanks, Derek. I appreciate that. Before you go, Mark, one final question. What does being an AP coordinator mean to you? You know, that's an interesting question. And I think it really means um, one word, service. You know, AP coordinators, we are not we are not the people that uh, are getting parades thrown in our honor each and every year. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not the role that we all find ourselves in. Um, we find ourselves in essentially a service position. We serve teachers, um, we serve students, and um, we serve um, opportunity to kids. So, like, the way I think about it is we have an opportunity to provide a fantastic service for great teachers, teaching great students, and providing great opportunities. Um, so, for me, it always comes back to that opportunity to serve. At the beginning of today's episode, I joked about Mark being the master of many trades. However, this is no joke when it comes to his role as AP coordinator and the AP program at Riverside Brookfield High School. Mark's AP program has experienced growth in five of the last six years and now features 22 different AP courses. In a typical year, more than 70% of all AP students earn a three or higher on at least one AP exam. And in recent years, that number has exceeded 1,000 exams per year. That's 1,000 critical opportunities for college credit and or placement, saving students and their families both time and money at a time when both are extremely important. One AP coordinator doing amazing things for his school. This is the difference a great coordinator combined with great AP teachers and school administration, this is the difference we can make. This is what a model AP program looks like. This is what it means to be coordinated. Next time on Coordinated. So... I got a call late at night as the one of the administrators saying, Leslie, your AP materials, what room are they in? And I said, oh, they're in that little closet room. And she said, that room is flooded. The coordinator tour heads south, way south, from Chicago to Sugarland, just outside of Houston, Texas. Now in Texas, they say everything is big. And sure enough, we'll visit a big high school in a big district with a big AP program. It's the fall, and counselors are busy. Counselors who are also AP coordinators, extra busy. Get ready, we're going to check in with one of the very best. Y'all don't want to miss a special Texas-style episode with counselor and AP coordinator superstar, Leslie Ladd. Thank you so much for listening to Coordinated. Our executive producer is Bill Lankenau. Assistant producer and post-production mastery, Tierra Pinto. Additional vocal support by Leslie Ladd, AP coordinator at Dulles High School. 
Sugarland, Texas. Artwork by Amy O, AP Art and Design student at Savannah Arts Academy, Savannah, Georgia. Our theme music is Good As Gold by Jackie Ray, former AP Music Theory student at Oakton High School, Vienna, Virginia. Coordinated is written and produced by myself, Derek Cometa. Recording, sound design, and general audio wizardry, also by myself, Derek Cometa. Thanks to Jim Cluley, Terry Redekin, and all my colleagues at the College Board for allowing me to connect with my favorite people in all of education. Don't miss an episode. Please leave a review and subscribe to Coordinated. Your feedback is important to us, just like an AP exam. We'd love to earn A5. For more information on AP coordinators, visit collegeboard.org slash AP coordinator training. That's one word, collegeboard.org slash AP coordinator training. And like the song says, AP coordinators, you are good as gold. Oh